ate it. You, Put it you, in a bowl. You hate it or you ate it? With your spoon. I ate. I ate. I ate it. I eat. I eat you it. Ate it with your face. I ate it. Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I'm your host as ever, sexy, sexy Dory Peacock. And with me today, as always, he lets us know how high we're flying. It's the altimeter, <laughs> Timothy Maurice. That's me. I'm an instrument in a plane. Although, I wish I could be um, a black box of personal revelations. Uh, your, your life explodes, and then you find me, and I'll tell you what happened, where you went wrong. <laughs> and with us today, we have two special guests. <gasps> double, we, double toil and trouble. We were not able to call the corners last week, but this week we can. With guest number one, friend of the show, Mom Lena Rabago, Marlena Thompson. Good morning. I'm here to find myself uh, without my toddler, so I'm having a great morning. <laughs> yeah. Instead Lacking of babysitting toddler. one toddler, I'll babysit three adults. Yeah, we like it. We like it. And our special guest, another friend of the show, uh, you may know her from her, you know, purveying of many audiobooks, audrable.com. Audra Coleman. Sign up now for a Just kidding. What is your real last name? I should have asked you this before we started. Shoot. Uh, this is Coleman. Yeah, Audra Coleman. I got it right. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Hello, Audra Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the camping supplies, here for your every camping need. Oh, I like that. She's going to light up our lives like a little Coleman lantern. Yes, and then it will probably set itself on fire. If it's anything like the Coleman lanterns we had at home. And you will not cover yourself under a five-year warranty. Did that happen to you? You had something break and now you're jaded? No, no, no. I just, you know, I have questions about Coleman's warranty. Let me ask you a very fair question. Have you used a warranty recently? No. Okay. I love the idea of when you say, I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be fair. It's because I thought of it. It's clearly fair. Well, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's an overused idiom of mine. That's, that's true. That's being but, fair. But, but to be fair, <laughs> in the world of warranties, I work for somebody fulfilling warranties all the time. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's my background. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm more curious about Audra. Did a Coleman lantern burn your house down? Um, not under my parents' supervision, but it could have very well ha- happened under my supervision. Oh no! Did it happen? I did accidentally set one of those old Coleman lanterns, like the ones with the little the gas ones. They not the gas uh, ones. like a pilot light or or like a as a fuel tank? Uh, like she's a making, petroleum. She's making gestures with her hands, but you can't see it. Yeah, it's a petroleum. Oh, and I okay, didn't know okay. it was flammable. And so I was like, hey, this is a lantern. Let me just, you know, light this <laughs> In entire putty on fire. It was great. Yay. Yay. Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, was it a Coleman lantern or was it a Jack-o'-lantern? Because it is Halloween times. (laughs) Are you okay? Exactly. Exactly like that. You seem like you have a little bit of a cough there. (laughs) Do we need to call somebody? 
Do we need to call your husband? Do we need, do we need to execute a warranty? Some, some cough drops? No, sorry. Like I said, the sugar is spiking in. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm uncontrollable. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, do we have anything new this week? Oh, well, I saw one thing in the news. What was that? There's a show I never heard of, which is getting remade, like all the shows are now. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I'm moderately interested. Uh, I heard there's going to be a, re- a redoing of a Roswell TV show. Yeah. This we, was a show on the CW in the late 90s, early 2000s. I never watched that. Did either of you guys watch that? I've seen portions of it. Okay, what is it like? Because we don't know anything about it. Is it about the aliens? It's exactly what you think a CW show about alien teenagers would be. Is there a <laughs> Wait, sexy... wait, wait. The teens are aliens? Yes. <gasps> yes. <gasps> yes. We might have to do alien theme month and oh. do that one in Lightning Point. Oh, man. I'm so excited for aliens. Oh, my gosh. Lightning Point. Marlena, do you remember Lightning Point? Yes. You mean... <laughs> The ones with the mermaids? Surf crazed oh, aliens. Oh, oh, no. The the lightning point was the one where the aliens come down in the lightning. Oh. But it's also Australian. Okay, it, it was the other Australian and one. The, and it the aliens our... are obsessed with surfing, and there's literally a, yes. a point where there you can capture the subtitle that says... Surfed crazed aliens. Yes, and she and she has to recharge herself. And it was better than the mermaid show. It has one of the same actors. She's in it. She was one of the mermaids. She's also one of the aliens. Oh, and she was in that, that, vampire, that vampire movie. Yes, uh, vampire, Academy. vampire Academy. It's yeah. all connecting. Our first YA episode was about Vampire Academy. It's a small earth, this earth. So she's covering all of her paranormal bases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, She was yes. at Comic-Con, Salt Lake Comic-Con, recently. Really? Oh, I should have gone like. just for her. What I never her go name? to that. Uh, Blondie McBlonderson. That's, she's blonde. Hold on. Uh, and I, anyway, I saw, speaking of paranormal, this is not YA, but I'm really excited that uh, Lore came out yesterday on Amazon. What's Lore? Lore is, uh, it's Lord? the podcast. Lore. No, Lore. Like, oh, okay. Like, Lore. So Lord doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> Lord does not have a podcast. Thank the Lord. <laughs> um, Lord has a, Lord's going to get a podcast, but it's just going to be like an hour of her, like the sounds of her doing her hair. Yes. Would that really lure you in? Ah! Uh. <laughs> so no, Lore is a, a podcast where he talks about folklore. He tells true, creepy stories of unsolved mysteries and paranormal stuff. And they've done um, basically a visual version for Amazon.com that premiered yesterday. They've put all the, the whole season is up and I've been binging it pretty steadily. Uh, I do have to say though... It, it's, I kind of wanted it to be more of like a like a show with a plot, but it's shaping up to be more of a just a visual version of the podcast, which I don't feel we really needed. Yeah, that's what Candle Cove I think is doing for the um, creepy pasta podcast instead. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, I've no. only seen parts of it, but it could be better. But it is trying to do that whole plot thing. Kind of like okay. um, the new Stephen King adaptation that's coming out. Ugh. Oh, which which one's that? The not it, but Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Who's I think? to say? Oh, okay, I've heard of Castle Rock. I don't know. I feel like when Stephen King, any Stephen King property which wasn't made in a coked out blaze, is not going to be super super interesting. <laughs> um, porgs happened. What happened? Porgs. What is that? Porgs are catching on. Pogs. Porgs. What the hell is a porg? You're going to have to explain Do you know this. what a porg is? Okay, I have one question. Are they within, like, the old canon of no, Star Wars? No, they're a new baby. Okay. So oh. they're a Star Wars thing. Oh, okay. 
It's a it's a thing in the new trailer. There's these little ugly cute creatures that are like part hamster, part penguin. Hmm. Um, and they they have big, huge baby eyes, and they look like uh and they make little noises like I'm butchering a porg sound. We're, no, we're butchering a porg in here. We're going to make some porg and beans. No, <laughs> don't hurt the porgs. They're good creatures. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're good with like rice and some chicken and like potatoes. <laughs> they do look very tender. <laughs> well, we didn't watch Star Wars this week. We are here to talk to you about the beloved witch movie. Oh, no. Are you playing the porgs? If you know, this I can, wasn't you know saturated I can just cut enough. a pork sound in later. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to show you what it sounded like now. Ah, good call. So we are watching the beloved property of gay men and Mormon women alike. Hocus Pocus! And children and moms. Woo! Woo! Basically... Gay men, Mormon, Mormon young adults... Children and moms. That's four quadrant story. I went for like the weirder comparison though. You see what I did there? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about quadrants. Qua- yeah, quadrants. Cool. It hits four quadrants. <laughs> Come on, quadrants are important, okay? Oh, sorry, what? Mm, you were saying something about math? Uh, a math thing happened? Okay, okay. Is that what happened? Quadrants, <laughs> do you know, quadrants aren't like a math thing. Okay, like, no, we're not talking about quadrants. Yeah, no, we're no, not going to no, talk about quadrants right now. On. This is not happening. We're going to talk about Hocus Pocus. It's not math. It's marketing. We're talking, oh, good, way more exciting. Well, it's like that thing where... Different properties try to hit different demographics, and demographics are in little sets called quadrants. And the joke is that Hocus Pocus hits four distinct demographic groups, all well, for different reasons. Okay, so, (laughs) Hocus Pocus, a movie we all saw as little children, (sighs) and a movie that all of us have watched at least a few times in the last couple years, and that Audra actually watched a couple days ago, and is more prepared than all of us for this episode. Um, So, Audra, would you summarize the plot of Hocus Pocus in a thousand words or less? Um, I'm not very good at numbers, so we'll try to keep this low. See, Tim, math is bad. (laughs) Quadrants aren't math. It's marketing. So, basically, this kid named Thackeray Banks, which you will remember (laughs) that name for the rest of your life, uh, sees his little sister kidnapped by three witches, one of which is Sarah Jessica Parker, the other of which is Kathy Najimy. And the final of which is Bette Midler. Yes. That means we have to have at least two songs within this movie because Bette Midler is Bette in this movie. has to sing. <laughs> so... He sees his little sister get kidnapped and that sets up the theme for the rest of the movie is like big brothers and little sisters and flash forward a hundred years, Thackeray Banks is a cat, his sister is dead and so are the witches, but only for a day because a new kid from California named Max Mm -hmm. decides to roll into town in his tie dye shirt and his stupid haircut in modern day 90s. 90s Salem. And somehow, like, everyone in New England is super anti-California. They're like, oh, are you a surfer? Do you surf? Oh, do you talk like you surf? Oh. Considering he has less of a typical California accent than his bullies is kind of a weird 
Oh, yeah. His bullies are like, dude, hey, tubular, we'll take your shoes. They, like, steal Whoa, his shoes. Are you from California? They don't, like, beat him up. They just take his shoes. That and they don't, a... like, forcibly take him. They're like, give us your shoes. Well, that was a thing in the 90s, remember? Because, like, like, that's when sneakers became, like, super fancy. Can we try that now? Can we cyber bully someone into giving us their shoes? Oh, yeah. No, that's what I've been doing for, like, five years. That's how you have all those shoes in your closet. That's why I have all those sneakers that I don't wear. <laughs> uh, yeah, also, like, nobody has a New England accent in this movie. Like, nobody's like, oh, I packed the car. Oh, you're from California? Ben Affleck. You're from California? Ben Affleck's Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh, I was watching Bruins beat. <laughs> like, well, when you have, like, six different New England accents to pick from in that area, yeah. it's kind of sad that you don't use any of them. None of them. None of them at all. See how I said at all? <laughs> good job. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at accents. So, yeah, so Max, and, Max has to save his, keep the witches from getting his sister. That's kind of, like, the whole deal, right? The witches come back on Halloween night, and they're causing trouble. And they, oh, 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 let's they, not they, forget. They, they need a virgin. They need, they need a virgin to light yeah. their special candle so to Max, resurrect Max to, to does keep that. Their, to keep their virgility, I guess. Virgility. <laughs> they, it's so like Max, versatility, but only but like with no sex. <laughs> so Max lights a candle. And he's a virgin. And he's and, a virgin. And this is a big deal for everyone in this children's movie by Disney. Yeah. Including his seven-year-old sister, who constantly repeats this fact. He's a virgin. Yeah, so. that is really weird that she's the one that's like, he's a virgin. Can you believe this dude? <laughs> she's like, I've been blowing truckers since I was five. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's like the kid is embarrassed in front of his, like, the girl he has a crush on. But they're both, like... 15. 15. They're teens. They're not really 15. <laughs> why, why, would we, why are we embarrassed about that? Basically, the movie is dazed and confused, but take out all the other elements and instead substitute witches and a Californian virgin and his little sister. And they're running around Salem <laughs> and they're trying to catch these witches. And the witches want to take his little sister because they want to suck the life energy out of her and come back to life uh, all the way before sunrise. And they can't quite do it. And... Uh, and it's at some point That's this it. at some point this turns into a plot to get like many children and suck their lives out. Is that right? Yeah, it's go big or go home for the Sanderson sisters. It's hard to remember what happens because the whole movie is so we're getting into it now. It's so meandering. It's it so is pretty meandering. It's just like let's wander around Halloween night around Salem and Bette Midler's gonna chase us intermittently. <gasps> no, That's you, the movie. No, you know what it really is? It's American graffiti with witches. That's that's what it is, because they're just like, it's like teens on the town, and then also these witches are coming to suck the life out of the children. And they even do like, they do the fake out thing, spoiler alert for this 25-year-old movie. Um, they do the fake out thing where like, he at one point he thinks he's defeated them because he tricked them into believing it was morning, or was it morning? Um, so that's actually the second fake out. The first fake out is when they trick the witches into wandering into a high school kiln and they incinerate <gasps> them alive yes oh, yeah. and then they celebrate they killed the witches because they burned them to death but they like reconstitute as smoke afterward because they're just tenacious yes but only for one night yeah so that happens and then he puts red tape over his headlights oh yeah and then it looks like sunrise and now that I think about it, it's actually the third time he's faked out the sisters because the first time is when they first come back to life and he yells at them, I am the great and powerful Max. 
and he takes a lighter and he holds it up to and they're like modern technology no because their house is now a museum right and so it has a smoke detector yeah yeah and he's like I bring down the rain of death and then all of the witches proceed to think that they're going to be burned alive with like this holy water or something because they're freaking out because they don't know modern technology and as a child that's really appealing actually Oh, that is kind of appealing. You mentioned, oh, and also there's a, at, at one point they get chased, the witches chase the kids into a cemetery and the kids are like, ah, it's holy ground. You can't come in here. And they're like, watch this resurrection spell. And they bring to life zombie Doug Jones as their Who's- boyfriend. Who is the best character of the entire film? I think we should point out that you have a little bit of Doug Jones bias. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've seen Hellboy quite a few times. <laughs> well, the Doug Jones surprise is kind of good because at first he's on the team of the witches and then like keeps trying to catch the kids. And then when he finally does catch the kids, he rips his, his zombie mouth open and he's like, oh my gosh, I've been trying to help you guys. She's just the worst. She's just my worst ex-girlfriend. Oh my gosh, you guys. Because <laughs> his yeah. mouth is so shut. So he's making Frankenstein noises, but this whole time he just really wants to tell everyone how terrible Sarah Jessica Parker is. Oh, no, 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 it's Winifred. I thought it's... he was dating Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, was it? So I thought it was what? So what happens is he was originally in a relationship with Bette Midler, oh. and then he two-timed it with Sarah Jessica Parker because she's the hot one. Oh. Of course he did. And then Bette Midler poisons him and puts him in the grave and... So is his mouth shut. Yeah. He still has, like, kind of a flirtation with Sarah Jessica Parker, which is something I completely missed as a child and kind of very glad I did because that would have been a whole lot of questions for my parents. Oh, my gosh, right? Oh, that's insane. So, so basically, like, what would you guys call the climax of this film? What's like, is it that, is it that second to last fake out where he's like, oh, good. We killed the witches. The, now the, I go the home. The climax is two minutes and it takes place in a graveyard. And the very end is Max decides to sacrifice himself to save his sister. But then the sun comes up and everything's better. Deus Ex Sun. Is that right? Yep. I mean, a little the bit. The timer runs out. But also Bette Midler forgets that she's standing on holy ground. And so she turns into a statue oh. and then she explodes because of the sun. Oh, right. The Kersplosion sun part. So is she gone for good now? Or is it just yeah. like... I think there's a little bit of a teaser at the end that there might be a sequel. And then Disney was like, nah, we're mm. fine. And there's like a thing too about Thackeray, who who is now a cat. He's been living 300 years as cat. a cat. There's like a really gets... horrible scene where that cat gets run over by a bus. Oh, that is horrible. And it's like roadkill cat. And they're like, oh no, Thackeray, you died. And then he reinflates. He like inflates back up and he's like, I told you guys I can't die. I'm going to keep working. <laughs> I'm already dead. But then at the end, somehow, how does he get killed in the end? Because I know he, he turns into like ghost boy and goes to heaven with ghost sister. They like magic him, <laughs> I guess. I think they throw like a fireball at him. No, you're, you're imagining this way cooler this than like, it actually this is like happens. extemporaneous hocus pocus well, review. I, yeah, all that happens is... I think it's Bette Midler. It's one of the sisters, like, throws him up against a gravestone, and he That's collapses. Right. That's right. He just gets, like, a head wound. Yeah. Not even as bad as being hit by a truck. It's just extra trauma. So how come he can die now? 
Because it's, I don't know, because the witches die, so it's, it, it sticks. Mission is complete. Well, my, my other favorite thing about this is when, so our mission's complete, the witches curse blowed, Thackeray Binks' soul is free to go to heaven with his ghost sister. And as he's going through the pearly gates with his ghost sister, she's like, what took thee so long, Thackeray? And he's like, I had to wait 300 years. For, he's also played by Ringo Starr, if you didn't notice. <laughs> Not, uh, really. <laughs> Not really, no. Uh, he's like, I had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle. And it, they've made such a big deal about this. You kind of expect the sister to be like, a virgin? Pfft, what's up with that kid? I've been blowing truckers since I was five. <laughs> Can you believe this? Apparently believe this? teen like, pregnancy is a really huge ec- epidemic in Salem that no one talks well, about. Well, you know what they call teen pregnancy in, in the 1600s? What? Pregnancy. Oh. <laughs> Everybody was in their teens. <laughs> you had to get them out before you were dead at 25 of, like, malaria. Pretty much. Well, and it's funny, too, that, like, this Puritan, even this Puritan boy is like, you're a virgin? I can't believe it. I think When, like, you'd think he'd be like, well, you know what? Good for you. That's what we're all striving for. Am I right? I mean, we're Puritans. We're all like, hey, keep it in marriage. But after a while, Thackeray, Thackeray was a cat through the sexual revolution. <laughs> That's true. He was probably at some like crazy orgies as it was, a cat. It was really <laughs> terrible when he really wanted it to happen, and it like got all the way to the 1940s. And was like, okay, this is finally going down. And then the next 30 years, he's like, this is not happening. Damn it. People kept lighting the candle. It just never took because everyone was always sex, drugs, rock and roll. Oh yeah, too many, too many teenagers. Young Stephen King probably snuck in there and was like, "I'm gonna light this." How many like, false positives oh. were there with just the candle part of it? How many people wouldn't like lit the candle, but then Thackeray's like, "I know what you've done." <laughs> probably a lot. Have you guys ever seen Monster Squad? No. They have a similar fake out in Monster Squad where they're like, "We need a, a virgin to say this incantation," and they get this kid's teen sister to say the incantation, oh, no. and that's how they find out she's not a virgin. Oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, oh my gosh. I just I just love that that's like the biggest deal about him. And he's like, oh no, this this girl who probably also has no experience is going to find out I have no experience. What a, what a tragedy. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that he's the only one in the entire movie who looks like he's actually a teenager. <gasps> that's true. Those bullies are like kind of old, huh? Yeah, and his love interest looks about 25. <laughs> she does kind of. She has 90s hair syndrome a little bit. She's like kind of a knockoff Hillary Swank. Yeah. She's like Hillary Swank. <laughs> She's like, you know, you buy those Louis Vuitton Hillary purses. Hillary Swank already they, sounds like a knockoff. <laughs> She's a knockoff of Hillary Swag. <laughs> She's pretty swanky. Um, so now that we've kind of gone through the synopsis. <laughs> At um, length. At length. At Virgin. I have a couple of really good reviews. Oh. If you'd indulge me. I, I, I indulge away. <laughs> um, some reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, which, by the way, has a... Let me see. Let me pull it back up here. What is time... What is How has time judged Hocus Pocus? has a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it's, it's really sad, though. Um, 30%? Really? 30%. So one of my... There are a couple of really good reviews on here. Gene uh, Siskel from the Chicago Tribune, says, dreadful. Of Siskel and Ebert. Oh. He just said, dreadful. You know, yeah. you know what? If I could light a candle and bring back Gene Siskel. If you click on it, there's probably more. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just, just I clicked on it. Dreadful. Nope. He just says, dreadful. One out of four. Dreadful. Doesn't surprise me. Gene, <laughs> Gene Siskel hates fun. Let's be fair. But also, that might not be him, because I don't think Rotten Tomatoes was a thing when he was alive. But he they, died like, in, like, they 1996. They collect old reviews. They collect old reviews. Do they? They do. Oh. It's part of what their team did. Because, he, yeah, he died in, like, 97 or something. That's true. 
He, um, I remember when he died. It's it's not been the. Go ahead. Sorry. It's kind of been. It did not do well critically or financially, and with its initial release, it's kind of since gotten a cult following. I get why, and I think everyone's wrong, but I get why. Okay, wait, wait. So here's so here's the thing. It it didn't do well critically, but like I remember everybody watching this as a kid, mm-hmm. and like everybody in my life has loved this movie since it came out. So let me so let me ask you like. Why why do people hate it and why are they wrong, Tim? Um, why do people hate it or why do people love it? I, I need to know. Well, first, you tell us why, because you said you get why people hate it. Why do people hate it? Tell us that. Oh, I was going to say I get why people like it. And also, I don't like it. Oh, you don't like it? No. Oh, okay. Well, then why don't you like it? Uh, because it's a mess. Because it is a tonal mishmash. Like... We are running around with our heads cut off, being chased by... It's part of the problem is the conceit of I don't really know what it wants to be. It kind of wants to be this fun kids movie, but you kind of have a problem with kids movies that take place during Halloween because you have to make antagonists that are simultaneously threatening enough, but also non-threatening enough that people don't get actually scared. So Hocus Pocus is kind of the safest Halloween movie ever. Because you're being chased around by Bette Midler, and she's a witch, and she wants to suck your sister's soul out, and she might turn you into a cat, but that's the worst she'll do, and she has giant front teeth, and she's going to sing a song, and um, she's constantly getting tricked by modern technology, and uh, she's just really sad that she might be ugly. Like, it's a very non-threatening version of an antagonist for a Halloween movie. But, like, who see that? I don't think that's why it doesn't work, because, like, people clearly like that about it. And there are a lot of movies that are tonally weird that actually, that work. So, like, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think my problem with it is I feel like it never finds a footing. So, like, yeah, like, there's, there's a space for kind of that middle ground, but it never really lands because Bette Midler is doing shtick and Sarah Jessica Parker is next to her doing different shtick and Kathy Najimy is next to them doing another different shtick and they're all shticking in different directions. And besides that, there's no bedrock to really place the movie on because it kind of feels like a TV movie in terms of budget and talent. Like, no one here is really... So it's kind of just like stuff kind of thrown up in the air and it all fell down on the ground and like... Yep, that's a movie down there, but it, it didn't really congeal for me into like anything cohesive because the story is literally them running around Salem and it's go to place to place to place to place to place. There's not really a story to follow, and you know, Max doesn't do much but be annoyed at his sister and then worry about her a little bit and then sacrifice himself for her, and that's does not take most of the movie. Most of the movie is trying to convince people that Bette Midler is a threat, which is really hard because look at her. Look at those giant front teeth. So I would argue that the tone of the movie is actually very consistent. It's very consistent in the Disney live action formula, which is we're going to have antagonists that aren't actually threatening and that you're actually going to like. It's consistently a mess. For me, that's how I describe it. But like there are other, but let me put this, let me put this to you. There are other movies that don't really have, like, that don't really have a th- a story necessarily, but work as uh, I don't know. I guess maybe those movies work because they're a slice of life or a slice of something. Like I mentioned, American Graffiti. It doesn't really have like 
a clear story, but and there's change from the end to the beginning. So why why does that work and this doesn't? Because in this one, the slice of life is distracted by the fact that you're being chased by Bette Midler with giant front teeth. So, so <laughs> okay. okay. It's a sandwich with things that don't go together I'm, for I'm, me. Yeah, I'm going to throw it back to, to Marlena and Audra. Why do you guys love it, if you love it? I know Audra does. Marlena, do you love it? I love it. I think I think it's super sweet. I think it's exactly what it needs to be. I, I think you don't need to have a super terrifying villain for it to be a really enjoyable movie. Yeah, that's true. Aud- I don't know. Audra, why do you love it? I think love is an interesting word to use with this movie. I am fond of this movie. <laughs> and I think it's because of mainly the Sanderson sisters performance. And that's the big highlight of the film. It's kind of like why you watch Sleeping Beauty. You watch it for the three fairies. You don't watch it for anyone else. They're just there as plot devices. Yeah, or Maleficent. People do love Maleficent, yeah. They do? Well, Maleficent for the opposite reason. It's so you can watch this, uh, so you can watch Angelina Jolie uh, pout her way with her like high bony cheeks through. No, no I mean like Maleficent from the cartoon. Oh, from the cartoon. Oh, yes, I understand right, that. Never mind. I, and yeah, I think that is why people like it is because of partly the sisters. Like you watch Bette Midler doing whatever and gay men love it because it's Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy. Oh, I get why gay men love it because that's like the ultimate drag performance. Yeah, basically. And then moms love it because they relate to kind of the, the humor of it on some level. Mo- I think moms... Wanting, wanting to... Suck the soul from their children. So yeah, they can and be mom's re- revitalized. <laughs> moms says says the mom in the room. I think moms uh, like Kathy's. Kathy's are like uh, middle aged moms, white middle aged moms. Kathy's like him because it's like they're like, oh no, I'm ugly. Like I can see my stepmom really thinking that's cute and fun. The way those witches like are mean to each other as sisters. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the same appeal of Mama Mia, but in, like in a micro format and instead with witches. I'll tell you, like, I, I, it, it genuinely scared me as a child because I was a very easily frightened child. I have to admit that I, I think this is a passing grade movie. I don't think it's dreadful, as Siskel said. I don't think it's, like, my favorite thing ever, partly because I've been overexposed to it. Every Mormon Halloween party, this gets trotted out. This Tim is and I, a thing. Like, this is a thing. If Tim, you don't, if you don't. Can I, sorry, can oh, I tell my thing? Uh, Tim and I once went to. Uh, an institute dance, which is like a Mormon dance that was in um, this building that had, that has a bunch of different chapels. And we were in a gym and they had opened up a partition between the gym and the chapel. And they were projecting hocus pocus onto a projection screen right above the pulpit in the church (laughs) while a dance was going on in the gym. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, about 50% of the people I know will watch this at least once a year. It's about It's a Wonderful Life level of need yeah. to watch it every year. And I, like, I feel like one of my, my hatred of this movie is slightly irrational because part of the reason I don't like it is because it is like, it's so safe. And I get it liking it as a kid or like as a camp classic, but people kind of hold this as the Halloween movie. And it's kind of frustrating because I'm like, it's so like not thrilling or it's so antithetical to anything with teeth in Halloween, <laughs> like literally or metaphorically it's yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people, they want that. I mean, I'm a big horror movie buff, but I totally understand that a lot of people don't like it. 
They don't like the experience. They don't like going and watching scary movies or going to a haunted house. So it's kind of a way for them to eat their candy corn and have a party. This is the movie equivalent of candy corn. I love candy corn, so Me don't too. just I that. Have, I have a genuine love of candy corn. No, I, I would agree with that. I, I am one that doesn't, I don't really like the haunted houses or the, the real spooky stuff. When Tim had me watch um, that Annabelle movie. <gasps> you guys watched The Conjuring? We watched it together. I wasn't, I wasn't there for that. Uh, it was at your house, Tim. I was I there remember. for things. I was there to anyway. watch things. Oh, <laughs> anyway. yeah, we watched The Conjuring. And, and I pretty much hid under the blanket the entire time. I asked my husband when it was like daytime in the movie, and then I would watch the daytime scenes because I knew it wasn't going to get too spooky during the daytime. So I'm one of those, and I that and maybe that's why I really like the Hocus Pocus because I know I can easily go to sleep at night and not be freaked out for the next three days. I think I just at this point in my life I just find it genuinely funny, and it doesn't it doesn't age super. I mean, it ages okay, except that they keep saying 1993 every ten minutes. No, no you disagree? No, it's super 90s. Like, look at Max. <laughs> Max is the most 90s kid I have ever seen. I used to think he was Jonathan Taylor Thomas when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, right? Because he was everywhere. Yes. Everybody with floppy hair looked like him anyway. Yes. I think, like, I, I don't know. I just find it, like, very genuinely funny. And it is even more hilarious to me now that everybody is making fun of this kid for being a virgin. And he's, like, 15. It's like, who is he even going to have sex with? <laughs> yeah, and, and so now the Disney's platform is let's make fun, like, virgins are funny. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's, that's so weird. weird like, that's from a weird like, thing the Disney, Disney part of it. Yeah. Maybe that's the other thing that's so weird is it's like you have Bette Midler being like this fun, happy, non-threatening protagonist, and then there's weird moments like Cat gets run over by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> talk about this. Talk about the virginity of a 15-year-old. Incinerate living human beings alive. Like it's so it, it has these moments where it just like darts out into the street and you're like, wait, come back, you're gonna get hit by a car. Well, there are there are like movies that there are a lot of movies that have horror comedy where like it's funny that somebody gets burned alive, partly because it's like shock laughter. And so like I think it's I think the fact that it's Disney doing it is what makes that part weird. I think doing crazy thing doing like awful things in a funny way in itself is not that weird. I think sometimes we forget like how weird the 90s was when it came to children's films because in the 90s for children's films and to some extent today's films can be uh but the rule of cool is ultimate. It is prime. Your character has to be cool or has to be trying to be cool. He oh, can't be yeah. nerdy or anything else. In the 90s, the, how everyone used to say, to the max. <laughs> to the, like, everything was extreme and to the max. Radical. Radical. Whoa. Cool. Everyone was on skateboards. Everyone yeah. wore hats backwards. And it was really odd. And I think... One of the weirdest things was when I watched Hocus Pocus, I immediately wanted to watch both of the Goofy movies because they have the exact same tone. Oh my gosh, it's true. They do kind of have the same tone as Goofy movie, but in a cartoon, you know, running over a cat doesn't seem that gross and weird. I don't know. I feel like Goofy has always been weirdly sexual in its own way. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so I have... Um, I have a game that I've devised for this episode. 
Uh, a lot of people like to joke about Thackeray Binks. And I, for years, thought his name was Zachary Binks. Nope, it's Thackeray. And what a weird name that is for a character. I think it's actually pretty accurate, though. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit off from what the Puritans would have actually called a kid, but not by far. And to that end, I have prepared a game. I have a list of names here, and here's how this game is going to go. I'm going to give you a name, and you guys need to tell me whether it is the name of an actual Puritan person who existed or a character from Frank Herbert's Dune. <laughs> I am so down for this. Okay, so here is your first name. Miles Tegg. That's Dune. Wait. Yeah, that's Dune. I'm, I'm going to go with Tim on this one. I think it's Dune. I'm going to go Puritan. It was Dune. Oh. Uh, it is. Tegg okay. is too short. It's too punctuated. Let's do, let's do this. Um... Continent Walker. I think that is Puritan. It, thematically, it m- matches Dune, so I'm going to go with Dune. Dune as well. It was Puritan. I'm so oh, good at this. Person. That was a real person. Uh, let's go. <laughs> They're the millennials <laughs> of the 17th century. Uh. Let's go with this one. Halo Rund. That's Puritan. I'm going to go a second time with Dune. Puritan. It was Dune! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one. All right, wrong. all right, we got to do a hard one. We got to do a hard one. Deggery Priest. I'm going to say Puritan on that one. I'm going by the last names. The last names sound real to me. Actually, the first name sounds the most Puritan, so I'm going to go Puritan. Uh, Puritan. It is a Puritan. Yeah. You guys got that one right. Uh, okay, let's do it. Let's see. Um, Raina Butler. That's Dune. Because it's a lady's name, so it's like too normal, so that has to go back to being Dune. I don't believe Raina would have been a Puritan name. Yeah, and would a Puritan woman be famous? Yes, there are several famous Puritan women. Some of them are witches. I, I didn't get these from famous people. I, I actually went and looked up the Mayflower passenger manifests on these. Hey, I'm probably related to like 17 of them. So what's your what's your call, everybody? I'm doing I'm doing Dune. That sounds fake. That sounds like a Dune name. <laughs> Butler makes me think Dune as well. I feel guilty for saying that a Puritan woman can be famous, so I'll say Puritan. It was Dune. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. We'll do a couple more of these. Um, silence, do good. <laughs> oh, I'm going Puritan on this one. Yeah, Puritan. I have no idea. I feel like that could go either way. (laughs) That really could go either way. I want to believe Puritan. That one was a trick. It was not a Puritan name, nor was it from Dune. (laughs) It was the pen name of Benjamin Franklin when he wrote articles for his brother's Puritan's closer, so. Um, We'll do a couple more of these. Hamlet Winstonly. That sounds like it's it's a fake out. It's it's actually Puritan, but it sounds really Dune-y. I'm going to trust my instincts and go with Dune. Dune. That one's a Puritan. Ah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Peter DeVries. Puritan. Why not? 
That's that's too that's too mundane to have have an author made it up. Nah. Dune. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Dune too. Yeah, Dune. It was Dune. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's about all the ones we got. Um, I'll give you a couple more. Margaret Margaret Penring. That's Puritan. I'll go with Puritan on that. Yeah, Puritan. That was Dune. Oh! <laughs> the Margaret tricked me. The Margaret was a throw-off. And the last, I think, okay, I think there's like two that we haven't done. Um, Dorcas Whore. Dorcas Whore. That one's a Puritan one. I'm going with Puritan. It's Puritan. <laughs> it's whore like Whorefrost. And then the last one is Kilsin Pimple. That sounds Dooney. I'm going to go Puritan on this. Marlena? Puritan? Yeah. It's Puritan! Okay. Yeah. I looked these up, so I got these from uh, I, a character list from Dune, clearly. And then also I went and looked up the Mayflower Passenger Manifest and picked a few. And in, in the course of doing that, I found an article um, <laughs> about like the weird way Puritans would name their kids, because often they'd give them like uh, a virtue as a first name. So there's a lot of people who are named like Silence and Patience and prud- Prudence and Purity and... Uh, pretty names like that but there's also like those hyphenated names like Kilson became really popular so there was a guy whose name was praise god barebone and i think you might have gone a little too far with that yes yeah praise god but praise god named his son and this is one name all hyphenated if christ hadst not died for thee then thou hadst been damned that was his whole first name. Wow. If Christ had hadst not died for thee, then thou hadst been damned. Bourbon. I think you shortened that to thou hast. He's, he shortened it to Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually became a, a, an economist and wrote all of his works under the name Nicholas. He's <laughs> just like, parents, no. He's like, I'm not putting that on my work. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our, that's our game, everybody. You guys did better than I was expecting, to be honest. Who won? I was like, worry. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. We'll have to declare a winner when I edit this later. <laughs> um, Tell me what my prize is if I won. I, I don't, I, my respect, I guess. Uh, yay, I got it back. <laughs> I lost it and I got it back. All right. Well, I think that actually wraps us up for today. Thank you, too, for joining us. Um, this is the part of the show where we promote anything we want to promote. Do you guys have any upcoming blog posts, uh, sassy tweets, um, <laughs> events around the valley you'd like to plug? <laughs> well, I also do a podcast. You do? What's it called? It is called Weeb Between the Lines. Oh, I love it. We talk about... Cartoons from Japan. Anime! You do this with Craig, friend of the show Craig, yes? Yes, we do. Yes, Craig has been on our show too before. So what is again, Weeb Between the Lines? Weeb Between the Lines, you can find us on SoundCloud, or you can find us at our Twitter handle, which is Weeb Between the Lines at Twitter.com. Nice. And do you have your own Twitter that you want people to follow? Uh... Arguably. Arguably, but not today. <laughs> so my Twitter handle is not a Brewster. Not, not a Brewster. Yeah, if you've seen Arsenic and Old Lace, 
That's where oh, it comes from. I'm not a Brewster. I'm the son of a sea cook. I got you. I got yes. you. All right, rad. Well, you guys can always follow the committee on Facebook, the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. You can follow Tim on Twitter at CyberMormon. You can follow me on Twitter at Dory E. Peacock. Marlena, do you have a Twitter you want people to follow? Uh, Twitter. Not a Twitter. No Twitter. Not a Twitter guy? Not a tweet. Dang, tweet. you can follow the committee on Twitter at JD. You have to follow me in real life. <laughs> yes, like just stalk her. Just stalk just her stalk me, around town. I guess while she's with probably her kid the best way to follow me. <laughs> just sneak up behind her at the follow farmers me market. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> follow me around the streets while I shop. Um, you can follow the committee at jdrefcomlove on Twitter. You can email us at jdrclove at gmail.com. You can visit our website, jdrefreshmentcommittee.com. And these are our sign offs. And then suddenly a cat gets hit by a bus. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, and remember, we won't judge you, but we will bring the jello salad to your trial. To go out in the car where it's lonely.